Uh, we're starting a series this morning called Presence, and uh, I'm really looking forward over the next number of weeks unpacking uh, what it means to walk in the presence of God. But more than anything, I desire that you would encounter God personally yourself, and uh, that this would be a time where you find that God is more uh, closer to you than what you might have first thought. And that you would have such an encounter with him that it directs uh, every other area of your life. Way back when Israel uh, first came out of slavery as a nation, unlike any other nation before them, they had the presence of God amongst them. Not just a God who was distant or far off, but a God who was right there with them in their midst. Uh, Moses at one stage um, contended for the presence of God that um, he would go with them because Israel, quite frankly, had uh, rebelled against God uh, to the point where God was like, you have the promises, you have uh, still um, the authority that I have, but I'm not going to go with you. And as Moses contended for the presence of God, God responds by saying this in Exodus chapter 33, verse 14, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Unlike any other nation, the presence of God went with them as a nation. He was there in their midst. It was evident to all that God was with them. In fact, the favor of God was upon them as a nation. Even those who opposed them could not stand against them. Uh, they were prosperous. Even over the years that they were in the desert, it says uh, later on, looking back, that not uh, any of their shoes or their clothes wore out, that they were in good health right through that whole time because God's presence was with them. The Holy Spirit in these last days is pouring himself out on uh, his people. And uh, there are people who are hungry for more of the presence of God, for more of his love, more of his anointing. Uh, and for those who are hungry for his presence, they would have been termed, as the early church did, full of the Holy Spirit. They were those who uh, hungered for and took a hold of the presence of God. So I wonder for you, are you one of these people who are hungry for the presence of God, hungry for his anointing, hungry for the move of the Holy Spirit? What will you, uh, what lengths will you go to in order to have more of the Holy Spirit. This morning, I want to take up the second part of uh, this uh, powerful word from, from God where he says to Moses, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. He says, I will give you rest. This morning, this sermon is titled, uh, Enter His Rest. Enter His Rest. Jesus gives this invitation in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30. He says this, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus gives you the invitation to enter his rest. Uh, Jesus, by saying that he gives rest, is using similar terminology 
to God calling us into his rest. That is God's to do. He gives us rest for our souls. It's nothing that I could do for you or that Moses could do for his people. He actually calls us into himself. And by saying that, he's saying, I carry, I am the presence of God. He is the son of God. He carries the presence of God. And all those who are in Christ, which uh, we could go into um, uh, passages or things that Jesus said, such as abide in me and I will abide in you. And uh, this kind of thought of us being in Christ means that um, we are entering into his rest. And uh, he invites us into this rest. Now, when I, in a natural sense, when I need um, rest, a physical rest, one of the best ways I know how uh, is to go camping. I love going to Sandbar and setting up camp there and uh, losing track of time. It's one of those places where I find myself just really unwinding. It's the campfires, the relational uh, nature of just hanging out with family or friends, uh, exploring different places to walk, going for a swim, going fishing. I find all of those things very relaxing. And I come back to, uh, you know, I guess, my normal day-to-day kind of work, energized and recharged, having spent time uh, unwinding in a natural sense. Now, holidays give that kind of uh, uh, rest. And then also uh, we could look at things like the Sabbath day of rest uh, and, and equally say that that might give us a natural physical rest. But uh, we find that Jesus is greater than just a natural rest. He actually calls us into a kind of rest that's greater than a holiday. It's greater than a Sunday Sabbath kind of rest. It's found in a person. It's God's rest for you and I. He calls us into a deeper uh, level of rest. Listen to this. We find that Jesus is um, is actually the fulfillment of the Sabbath rest. Paul says this in Colossians chapter 2, verse 16 and 17. He says, Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink. And he lists a whole heap of different ceremonial kind of things that they would do. Uh, and then it closes by saying, or a Sabbath day. In other words, don't let anybody judge you as to whether you keep the Sabbath or not. Verse 17, he says, These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. The Sabbath day of rest, uh, taking a time out to recharge one day of the week. It's good for you, but it's not necessarily the rest that God has intended for you. It's found in a person. It's found in the person of Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 12, verse 6 and 8, Jesus says of himself, I tell you that something greater than the temple is here. Verse 8, for the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Now they understood the temple to be the place of the presence of God. The inner room in particular, the innermost room, the Holy of Holies, uh, was a place where only the high priest could go. And Jesus says, Uh, of the temple that a greater place is here of God's presence. Speaking of himself, the temple of God, 
that God resides in him, that the presence of God is in a person, not in a building. And then he says, for the Son of Man, speaking of himself, is Lord of the Sabbath. In other words, he's Lord of rest. He is seated in a place of rest. Now, if we were to refer and dig a little bit deeper, if we were to refer back to creation, the creation story itself, God, when he created the world in six days, on the seventh day, he rested. Now, this wasn't a rest that was just for one single day. This was a rest that started on that day and continued from that day on. Let me explain. When a king comes to his throne and has defeated all of his enemies in a natural sense, and there is no other uh, contention for the throne, he finally at that point sits on his throne and it is said of that king, he has entered his rest. So think about it for a moment. God, when he created, worked six days, created the world, and then rested on the seventh, he said, it is perfect, it's good, it's all been completed, and now he rested. He didn't rest because he was tired. He rested because everything had been completed. And then Jesus, when he says, for all of those who come to him, they shall have rest, he is speaking in exactly the same kind of language. Here he is saying, that God has uh, ordained for him to sit on a throne, a throne that is in the heavens, a throne where he is seated and even God would be said to bring all of his enemies under his feet as a footstool. This is the rest that Jesus invites you into, where he has everything accomplished. That's why he says that you are more than conquerors. Because he has already won the victory. He is already overcome by the power of his blood. Now, Israel, when they uh, came out of Egypt, they had a, a promise ahead of them, the promised land that they would enter. And as they journeyed through the wilderness on the very first occasion, they came to the edge of Canaan and all of the different nations that were represented in that land. And they sent spies into the the, uh, the land to, to uh, see what lied ahead before them. They came back with a report saying that there are giants in the land. Ten of them in particular gave a negative report and said, we seemed as small as grasshoppers. At that point, they put such a fear into the, the nation of Israel that rather than the nation of Israel entering their rest, they actually paused at the edge of it. Even though they had been saved, even though they had the promises of God, even though they, uh, they celebrated the Passover year after year that God had saved them, they did not enter their rest. In fact, the writer of Hebrews says this, that um, they did not enter God's rest because of unbelief. The promised land was right there ahead of them. The, the, uh, the rest of God was right there in front of them. Now, I want to suggest to you that uh, the promised land was not actually the rest of God. It was simply that when they entered the promised land, they would have to enter, having entered into the rest of God. They would have to look at the giants ahead of them and say, God is seated above them. 
He is greater than them. That would be their entry into rest. And as a result, they would receive the promised land. And I would like to suggest to you that sometimes we find ourselves in a place where we are viewing the giants ahead of us, maybe the mountains that seem immovable in front of us. And we come back with a negative report and we start to see from the the viewpoint of uh, the mountain ahead of us rather from the viewpoint of his throne, from the viewpoint of his rest. He's calling us to that rest. He's calling us to enter in according to his uh, position above all those things. There is a difference between knowing Jesus saves and knowing he's on the throne uh, in his rest. Let me put it another way. You could keep the Sabbath and yet still uh, not enter his rest. You could even pray and read the Bible each day and still not enter his rest. Because entering his rest is all about an intentional relationship with him. About uh, coming near to him, drawing near to him. And seeing the one who sits on the throne and seeing from his vantage point. Put it another way, you can be at rest when you know the one who sits on the throne has everything under his control. When I was a child, I never questioned whether mum and dad had enough money to pay for food. Whether there would be food on the table, whether there would be clothes for me to wear as I grew out of my old clothes. I never questioned whether they'd be able to pay the bills Uh, of the house, whether we'd be evicted from our house, whether we'd have a roof over our heads. As a child, I simply knew the love of my parents, that I belonged in the family, and that I was called into, uh, a, I guess, an obedience out of love for my parents. And in the same way, we are called as children into the kingdom of God to see uh, God as the one who is above all these things, Uh, to not be concerned, as it were, with trying to control the outcomes of things around us or to enter into fear or worry. We're simply to have the heart of a child who sees things from the vantage point of his presence. Hebrews chapter 4, 11, therefore, uh, says this. Let us, therefore, make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. Now he's reflecting on the example of Israel, how they came to the promised land and still did not enter in because they didn't enter into his rest. He says, therefore, because of this example, it's almost a warning to us that we could be saved. We can have all the promises and still not enter his rest. He says, so therefore, make every effort to enter his rest. Chris Gore says it this way. He says, strive into rest. It could be that you have things ahead of you that are, uh, you know, in every way is causing you to, and, and calling you into a distraction away from your rest. I want to suggest to you that there is a very intentional nature uh, that God is calling us into to look for his presence, to very intentionally ask for more of him, to very intentionally seek him out, uh, to see things from his vantage point. Make every effort to enter into his presence, to enter into his rest. When we have eyes for his presence, we view problems as opportunities for God's glory. Later on in Hebrews, we read in chapter 10, verse 19 to 22, 
Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place, which uh, when he says that he means the inner room of heaven, uh, the inner sanctuary where Father God is, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is, his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. He says, deal with anything that hinders, anything that's in the way, anything that needs to be laid at the feet of, of uh, Jesus, anything that uh, would cause you to, uh, to not enter his rest, place it before him. Uh, we have the blood of Jesus has made a way. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6 says this, And God raised up with Christ, uh, raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. You know, it's one thing to be invited into heaven, to be invited into the kingdom of heaven, maybe even into the building, if you like, into one of the rooms uh, of heaven. But here he says he seated us with Christ. And in using that terminology, he's really saying he seated us with the one who is seated already, who has rest. He seated us with the one who is already the overcomer, the, the, the one who holds all victory. You have been seated with Christ. Uh, later on in Ephesians, in chapter 3, verse 12, it says, uh, Paul says this, In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. We have the ear of the Heavenly Father. We have the presence of God simply because of the blood of Jesus. He calls us to enter his rest. So where do you find yourself? Maybe you're at a time where you find yourself just overwhelmed with life at the moment. And you know that the thing that you most need right now is his rest. I can tell you for myself over the last month in particular that there have been things that have overwhelmed me. And even uh, I've come away disheartened from and more than ever, I've needed a place of his rest. The invitation is there for you. It's there for me to enter his rest. There's no better time to pursue him than the time that we're in right now uh, as a nation and also as a church to seek him out. He has great things for you. He has uh, all of his promises uh, outworked, all of his glory, all of his good works are set up for you ahead of time out of his presence. I want to tell you a story about a lady by the name of Heidi Baker. And this is a familiar story for some. Heidi is a missionary over in Mozambique, Africa. And at one point in her ministry, she found herself uh, really at the end of herself. Uh, she had, in anybody's terms, had done an amazing job. She had planted four churches in Mozambique. They had started an orphanage and they had uh, several hundred uh, orphans as part of this orphanage. But she found herself at the end of herself. She had nothing left to give. She went back to the U.S. to have uh, a, a break. But while she's going back, her prayer was this, God, I must have more of you. I must have more of you. I've got nothing left to give. I must have more of you at any cost. I must have more of you. When she gets back to the U.S., she happens to be invited to a conference uh, as a participant where Randy Clark was speaking. 
And she had this prayer constantly, still going, God, I must have more of you. If there's an altar call, I'm going to the front. I need a touch from you. No sooner did Randy give an uh, altar call, um, Heidi raced to the front and she got prayer and from the team and from Randy. And Randy Clark began to speak words of life over her and uh, said to her, you are going to see the blind uh, be able to see, ears opened and the dead raised. Heidi was saying, yes, Lord, I must have it. I must have it from you. I deeply desire more from you. And then all of a sudden she had an encounter of the presence of God. She had electricity go through her body. She began to shake and she fell to the floor. And for the next several hours, she lied there and she had vision upon vision of uh, of God showing her what he was going to do, that he was going to raise up a thousand church plants. And uh, if she had not had the encounter with God, she would never have believed it. But she had such a powerful encounter with God that, that God just manifest himself upon her. Over the next seven days, she could not function properly. She couldn't walk properly. She needed the aid of her friends and her husband. And uh, she knew, though, that she had powerfully met with God. When they went back to Africa, it wasn't smooth sailing. In fact, uh, for the next 12 months, even though they prayed for every single person that they saw who was blind, deaf, uh, or needed healing. Uh, they did not see any of those people get healed. And uh, if you were anybody else, you might wonder whether they might have given up at that point. Maybe they might have even questioned the word that was given over them. But because she had such a powerful encounter of God's presence, she knew that she had to persist. She knew that it was only a matter of time before God broke through. Well, 12 months came on. She had seen so many different hardships happen. Money had been pulled out of their um, support, about a million dollars. They had lost their uh, initial place where they were housing their orphans. They had to find a new place. She had come down with malaria. All sorts of things had, had attacked them as a mission front. Then all of a sudden, as one day she was praying for somebody who needed healing, that person's eyes were opened. She asked this lady's name, and to her surprise, it was the same name that she was given in their local language uh, that was for the name of Heidi. And she just put it up there as a coincidence in the first instance. Then they went to another village. She prayed for, again, another person who was blind, and her eyes were opened instantly. She asked this lady's name, and again, it was the same name that was her local language name. Then another village, the same thing happened a third time. This time she said, God, I'm broken. I'm a broken lady. Why uh, have you given me three ladies with the same name as my name? And then the Holy Spirit spoke to her. Heidi, you are the one who has been blind. You are the one who needs to see. You see, God was calling her into a greater measure of his presence, into his rest. The invitation is for you into his rest. Just like Heidi Baker, I want to ask, are you asking him right now? God, I must have more. Is this your heart's desire? We're going to pray for you in just a moment. I believe that God's going to encounter you in such a way that uh, is, uh, even though I can't lay hands on you through uh, your television screen or through your iPhone in any way, I believe he's, he's going to touch you in a special way where you are. And, uh, and I'm asking, is this something that's of your heart? 
He's, he's inviting you to enter into his rest. It's found in abiding in Christ. It's found in saying yes to him. It's found in hungering after him. He loves to give good gifts to his children. And what you need most is his rest right now. You need his presence. So I invite you right where you're at to stand and uh, in your place. If you have a desire to have more of his presence, to encounter him in a powerful way, I invite you to stand and I'm going to pray for you. You might like to place your hands in front of you, uh, just ready to receive and perhaps even just close your eyes. And I just want you to personally just begin to pray and just to ask God in your own, uh, in your own way, God, I must have more. No matter what the cost, I must have more of you. I'm at the end of myself in the different things that uh, I'm pursuing right now. I've become overwhelmed and disheartened with the things that are in front of me. I need your rest. I must have more of your presence. I must have a touch from you. If that's your heart's prayer, I believe he's going to touch you right now. Just while your eyes are shut, I just want you to imagine uh, the different burdens or weights that might be in your hands. The things that you're carrying still that need to be laid down at the foot of Jesus. God has already intended and given him the victory. And every enemy has been laid up as a footstool underneath his feet. Just go ahead and place it at his feet. While your eyes are shut, you might just take a moment just to breathe in deeply and to receive more of what the Holy Spirit has for you. And then you might even just continue to ask him, Lord God, I must have more of you. Come and touch me. Come and... uh, Encounter me with your presence. For some of you, you might actually have a physical manifestation of his presence on you. It might come in heat on your hands. It may come uh, with trembling and shaking. Uh, It may come with uh, even a profuse sweating and just like the, the heat of God is over you. It may come with a powerful electricity over your body. It may come with just a warm wash of his love over your body. Just receive it right now. More, Lord. We just declare more of your presence over your people, over those who hunger for you. So, Father God, I pray for every single person that is hungry for more of you. Lord God, as a church, we cry out more, Lord. We must have more of you. The assignment that you've given us, to lead many to faith in our local region cannot be done out of our own strength. Lord, all those people that you've called us to partner alongside and lead them to your rest, we cannot do in our own strength. We must have more of you. Lord, we enter into your rest. We enter into your relationship that you have for us. We lay down every single giant, every single mountain, at the foot of you and we declare you are in your place of rest and we enter in and see things through who you are in the name of Jesus. Amen.